Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Before we begin today's episode, we want to shout out a podcast that educates and inspires us to better understand racism, the black experience, and our responsibility to raise anti-racist kids. Good Ancestor Podcast is hosted by globally respected speaker, anti-racism educator, and New York Times bestselling author of Me and White Supremacy, Layla Saad. Her interview series with changemakers and culture shifters explores what it means to be a good ancestor. We loved her recent episode with Candace Braithwaite of Make Motherhood Diverse, episode 23 with Kimberly Seals Allers on Birth Without Bias, and episode 14 with The Conscious Kid, discussing parenting through a critical race lens. All of Layla's episodes are fucking amazing, and we encourage you to broaden your podcast feed to include this inspiring series. Visit today's show notes to learn more about Good Ancestor Podcast. Check out the website at laylafsod.com. And find her on Instagram at Good Ancestor Podcast and at Layla F. Saad. Now on to our episode. Welcome. Hello. Hello. If you're new to upbringing, uh, welcome. We are sisters and moms to three, four, five, and six-year-olds who inspire and challenge us every day. Mm-hmm. We want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in getting to talk about this as our job And also a quick disclaimer that though we have many certifications, we're not licensed therapists or MDs. Right. And for those of you new to upbringing, Kelty, in (laughs) a nutshell. Uh, Upbringing in a nutshell? Yes. a lot of pressure. (laughs) Um, We are a movement that inspires parents and each other Mm -hmm. to be growing up alongside our kids for sanity and social change, right? Our, our big work is in dismantling discipline. It's in um, redefining resistance of our children. And it's in thinking about um, ele- ways we can elevate our relationship with our kids and who we are as people in, in terms of our alignment, in terms of our approach uh, to parenting through really challenging situations with mm-hmm. our kids. And with that goal of the secondary goal beyond us and our relationship with our kids and that whole sanity situation, mm-hmm. but the social change aspect. We want to raise global citizens, mm-hmm. allies, advocates, activists who are who are happy and successful, but who can also support others' happiness and success, mm-hmm. right? I love it. And we're back with another q and I was going to say, 
impromptu episode, but it's impromptu, but it's also improv, improvised. Yeah, we, it, we what else? Think, what other I words? It's have, important. <laughs> it's um, innovative. It's impressive, uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about that, but we don't have time to produce these episodes anymore like we did before. And so we're kind of just going with it. We're taking um, beautiful, vulnerable questions that we've been receiving uh, through email and Instagram DM. And we are sharing them with you, our community, to expand on them. And uh, we're going to go go at this kind of loosely and intuitively um, because mm-hmm. there are no right answers. Why would we even create something fixed and perfect? Because none of this is fucking perfect. Yeah. Let's be honest. <clears throat> Progress, baby. It's the practice. Right. So That's we're just going to move through this like we would have a conversation with you about it. And like we have conversations with one another, it gets a little swirly, a little meta, then we bring it back down to earth, hopefully with some examples. And at the end, hopefully um, you're feeling a little better. We usually feel a little better just Mm -hmm. talking about this stuff, right? Yeah, we'll be bringing in our resist approach uh, even briefly through, which is kind of the how to our, excuse me, parenting approach um, in those tough moments with our kids. We'll be talking a little bit about our freedoms model, both of which you can download on our website, which are the the areas of our kids' lives that that are theirs, that as they grow up, that become more theirs, and that we are trying our darndest to uh, not over-control within. Um, What else? You ready to read? I think that's about it. Yeah, let's do this. This is a good one. Um, Dear Upbringing, I wanted to know if I could have a little advice. I have a four-year-old daughter that has been very independent, but I also have a partner that came into the picture for the first time, and now she's very rude to him. Her father has always been inconsistently in and out of her life, and I completely cut off contact with him over a year ago. I don't know what to do, as her behavior has gotten pretty intense with both me and my mother, who helps me raise her. For example... Today we went to the beach and she was a little more hyper than usual, which was fine. But once we got back home, he also came to our house. And though he usually plays with her, just today he was tired because we were out all day. And she was like, get out of my house. I don't want you here. I don't want you talking to my mom or me. So that's in caps. It's literally a tantrum. And I responded, baby, we do not treat others that way. That wasn't nice. And you're hurting his feelings. She then told me, I hate you, mom, and I hate my grandma. And at that point, I really didn't know what to do or say, and it was just difficult to hear. I'm sure there are other single mothers out there that have or are experiencing the same. Any advice? Mm. So I I took her, I don't know what her tone was or the way she expressed this verbally. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. I just went from what she wrote. So hopefully it was close to how she would have described it. Yeah. But thank you. But wow. Wow. Yeah. That's um that's like a really tough situation and it's so understandable to feel <clears throat> confusion like where where do you go from here mm-hmm. when when these little people especially um kind of you know stepping into their power all of a sudden mm-hmm. begin screaming at us begin um resisting us in huge ways mm-hmm. begin sort of embarrassing us in front of people that we care about mm-hmm. um or rejecting us mm-hmm. it's really hard and just doing it in ways that are so much more dramatic than mm-hmm. how they would have gone about it when they had you know less awareness fewer skills fewer communication abilities mm-hmm. you know when you have a one-year-old a two-year-old they just cry or they throw themselves on the floor but a four-year-old mm-hmm. she's got some words she's got some power behind those words yeah that's a lot right Mm -hmm. 
I think let's let's talk about four four year olds. Let's okay. talk about kids. This okay. is this is what always helps me with my four year old when I'm like about to freak out on let's him. Let's start with getting some self awareness about the child. That is uh, usually the key to a lot of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think that what we've learned about kids' brains is that um, they're constantly uh, under development mm-hmm. until they're 21, right? And I think it's so easy to look at our children with this feeling like they, they know how to speak respectfully. They know how to communicate um, compassionately. Because like, they why, do sometimes. They do sometimes. And because I've told them why it's so important to right. do all the time. So why aren't they doing that? What's wrong with them? Right. You know, And it's it's really just about our kids' developmental um, process. Capa- pr- process, capacity mm-hmm. um, to move through stress adaptively and lack of skills based on their age. Like it's so crazy just being like, oh my gosh, four years. They've only been on this planet four years. It's not even just about experience. Their brain has been growing but, for four years, yeah. nine months, you know, whatever, whatever it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to, I think it's just, but it goes against so much of our culture, like you said, Kel, mm-hmm. that, um, that we think that they should just have those skills and we should be, that the way we teach and the way we parent needs to be holding the expectation to those skills. And then when they don't meet it, to try and push them further and motivate them to meet the expectation of, you don't speak like that to people. You speak respectfully to mm-hmm. people, right? Yeah, I think this, I mean... This question and this struggle that all of us have when our kids are using harsh words or they're hitting us um, or they're screaming no at any age or they're at any age, <laughs> truly any age, is it all comes back to this idea that we want to be looking when, when we're able beneath the behaviors and the words mm-hmm. and the feelings for what is going on under the surface. <clears throat> Why? Why? Why so is that many so important? One, it's the it's the quickest way to get the our kids calmer and get their needs met, right? It um it actually gives us context and information about mm-hmm. their experience. These are mitigating circumstances often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it also helps our kids connect to the, what we call their inner wisdom and inner authority and who they are. So when we're looking beneath those behaviors, we're saying, "What's going on inside you?" And then that helps our kids tune into what's going on inside them. And mm-hmm. when we can help provide those words or explore that with curiosity, we're, we're modeling that to our kids and practicing that with them so that they can do that for themselves one day. Right. I love that, Kel. And then ultimately, if we're connecting this back to behavior, mm-hmm. if, you know, it's going to happen. It's, it, let's, it's all out there in all of our minds. Mm-hmm. We want them to act well. We don't want them to embarrass themselves or others. We want them to be, um, you know, mm-hmm. normal, productive members of society. So we do focus on behavior and mm-hmm. we've all been trained to focus on behavior. But I think what you're saying, Kel, is that if we can focus our parenting on nurturing and and building and, and, and creating a safe place around the inner experience, the root cause of the behaviors, then ultimately, rather than focusing on the behaviors themselves Mm -hmm. to change the root cause, the symptoms to change the root cause, then we can actually, those behaviors will go away. Those behaviors will change. This this girl is not going to be screaming, get out of my house, I hate you, all, all of her life. She's not. She, she has four-year-old brain and four-year-old skills in communicating. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say that I love her. Mm-hmm. I love that she's just like, get the fuck out of my house. I don't want to see you right now. And I think that if I were looking underneath her behaviors and these big feelings, I don't know this girl, so I can only guess. Mm-hmm. But let's let's use this as like a practice in 
guessing. That's mm-hmm. how, that's what we are in a big way as detectives, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to we got to figure these things out so, and not put that burden on our children. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why did you say that? They don't know, or right? not even asking, but just saying that was wrong. That was wrong. You and know. then why would you do that and say that? No, that's our job actually to right. look beneath that and say to ourselves, okay. We're home from a long day at the beach. She's mm-hmm. exhausted. Maybe she's a little bit she hungry. She was super excited she with this new guy She was a little bit there. hyper. Mm-hmm. Maybe she wanted to play with my, uh, my new partner. And he, like like she mentioned in the mm-hmm. in the note, he was a little tired. So he wasn't having it. Or he was just couldn't couldn't connect in the way that she wanted. Mm-hmm. So she get, becomes dysregulated, right? Like, like she, any little person, so like she, any big person. She felt feelings of disappointment, of frustration, mm-hmm. of neediness. And not being able to get what she needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Those are all very normal human emotions. Mm-hmm. And a four-year-old's brain is not going to be able to um, kind of tend to those, right? Lovingly yeah. and calm those feelings down and assuage those feelings. Mm-hmm. That's our job until kids can do it themselves. So this four-year-old's showing us like any normal four-year-old going on 14-year-old, going mm-hmm. on 24-year-old at times that she can't manage those feelings. They're too strong. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the weight of those feelings has, you know, overtaken her capacity, her brain's capacity to manage them and she loses her shit, mm-hmm. right? We've all lost our shit. We know how that works. Yeah. Little kids lose their shit way more often because they don't have a prefrontal cortex yeah. built, right? Let's to talk help about stress. regulate that. Let's talk about stress too. Okay. So yes, we become dysregulated at right. the end of a day, after a long day, right? Um, in situations where we're disappointed at times when we might be more tired or hungry, all of these things brain are contributing factors, <laughs> right? Poor little brain, yeah. but also just compounding stress, not just mm-hmm. from a day, but from weeks, from new situation changes, not being able to see friends, not being able to go to school, you know, not going to the playground anymore. Yeah. So much of, of, of what we're dealing with right now in this pandemic and everyone's chronic. life is, is, yeah. Yeah, is chronic stress mm-hmm. from, from the challenges that it's bringing. You know? I think that's so so much a part of this too is I forget myself so often that like, why is my kid freaking out in this moment? My four-year-old, mm-hmm. I have a four-year-old son. Why is he freaking out? Because it's just about this one little thing. It's but just like, a spoon or it's just someone right. said something someone innocuous. Someone said, no, I, I can't play with you right now. Yeah. But that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Like mm-hmm. that was the one thing on top of all of these other things, you know, that brought all of her stress to the surface. Yeah, you I know? think that... That in these moments, in all these moments, I feel forced and compelled to examine my expectations for what my four-year-old, my almost four-year-old, mm-hmm. um, is able to do. And we talked about brains, but just if, if I really think, okay, what would I prefer? Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of her saying, I hate you, leave the house, do these things, what would I prefer? So then I go into prefer vision where I say, I wish that she would just say, I'm feeling a little tired. It's been a long day. Your partner wouldn't play with me, and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just getting to know him. That felt a little, nor- like, and I felt a little embarrassed that I needed him. Um, what else? I've been with Grandma a lot, and I just miss you. And I'm kind of feeling frustrated that you always have to go to work, and and that you're with him. You're spending a lot of time with him, and I don't know how to talk about how this is different. <laughs> and um, and I think I'd rather him go if it's the same to you, just so we can have a little quality time. Wouldn't that be amazing if our four-year-olds could say that? Because that's what that's what we hope. So if we drill down to our actual expectation and hold that up to reality, that's when we're able to be like, oh, okay. Well, I also think, I love that, Kelty. 
I love it when you do the like, what if they would say? And I like that because you're you're it's it makes it so obvious that mm-hmm. that our, a four year old could never say those things, and that our negative response to them and disbelief is mm-hmm. because we are living in an alternate reality that they cannot deliver mm-hmm. based on their current development, right? Yeah. But I also think it's this amazing opportunity when we're able to clarify what we'd actually like to hear. Mm-hmm. That's basically the blueprint that not our child should be performing, right? But that we should be doing for exactly. them. That, that 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 is the list of all those things. That that we need to be taking into account. We've just done the exercise of saying, hmm, what's going on for my four-year-old? Wow. What, what, what would I prefer she say? Okay, that's what I need to say to her. That's what I need to help her understand and mm-hmm. walk through with her. Wow, that's so much going on with this new partner. Wow, COVID, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is called the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that we just listed. Yeah. That we're not demanding our kids somehow manage themselves to tell us. Yeah. That's a little backwards. Let's, let's talk about the freedoms really quick. Okay. I feel like this Q&A really ju- dives into our kids' freedom to speak, our kids' freedom to feel, mm-hmm. and you brought up our kids' freedom to know. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. explain those a little bit. Freedom to speak. I mean, these freedoms in general are saying these are realms of our kids' lives where we want to be really sensitive with how much we control them. We want to be aware of, gosh, where's the parental responsibility versus the child responsibility? Mm-hmm. We, If we over-control these realms, which is so common in conventional parenting, that can sometimes um, lead our kids to look outward, to look mm-hmm. to... A, external authority figures for the answers to their own fucking lives. And we want to be really sensitively nurturing their realms of these freedoms, these areas, so that they can be really fiercely attuned to their own needs, their own um, skills, their own feelings, all of these things, and their fucking rights too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is about raising liberated kids is that they are they are very aware of their freedoms, which and then allows them to go out into the world and honor other people's freedoms. Mm-hmm. So that's the basic introduction. But the free to speak is saying our kids have a right to say whatever they want. The free to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And we can tell them what the impact of their words are that, wow, that's hard for me to hear. Or that's a little loud. Or what do you, how do you think it made your sister feel when you said that? Mm-hmm. Or this, in this case, this person, you know, this partner, a new partner of mine, but that she had, they have the right. And we want to honor the impulse of speaking right there so mind. that when she's 25 right. <laughs> and she really does want someone to leave her house mm-hmm. she has the inner wisdom and authority to mm-hmm. say get the fuck out of my house now mm-hmm. right. Right. right and she's not thinking oh that's that <gasps> well, would and- be rude that could be mm-hmm. not nice to tell him to leave because i just don't want him here anymore right I mean, and and so I think that, and then freedom to feel is we want our kids to be attuned to what's going on underneath, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. So they're not, they don't have an external voice telling them how they should be feeling or why, right? So we want to acknowledge this this girl's maybe her frustration, her her tiredness, her anger, her um, helplessness, right? All of those things, the the impulse. Again, we're not looking at the behavior, the symptom. We're getting to the root cause, which is these feelings that she has every fucking right to feel, right? Mm -hmm. That they're her freedom, right? That we want to be nurturing and being careful about. And then the other one is freedom to know, which I think is really important too. And we don't know all of the details of the situation, but I think that for kids so often, oftentimes these big feelings can come up um, because they don't feel a sense of security about their lives, which is so understandable Mm -hmm. because we're we're just the ones making everything happen. Especially for kids who kind of roll with with everything really easily. But we are the ones in charge. We make it happen. You know, did this girl, this four-year-old girl, know that the part 
partner was coming home with you? Did she know, like, you know, did she have a what sense of predictability? What the plan was for playing when she got home. Right. Who knows? Like, maybe she didn't hear something else about uh, school starting next week. Who knows? I think oftentimes when our kids don't know things and then find out something else changed or something else is different, it can make them feel really insecure and unstable. And we, we want to make sure that we're involving them in their lives and telling them enough, especially when something like a pandemic is happening, what what changes are going to be around the corner so that they can feel prepared and secure, especially when a new partner is in the works. What can they expect with this new routine, this new stuff? Is he coming over every day? Is he going to play with her every time he comes over? Mm-hmm. Um, is he, you know, is he going to come over without her knowing? Right. All these and so I think that th- those are the three freedoms that we kind of identified, the freedom to feel, freedom to speak, speak and free to know. But that the hard thing is, what, let's talk about the response then. What do we mm-hmm. do? What let's, can this person say the and do? Run approach in and, this. And right now, <clears throat> the, this mother is responding just like any of us would um, by saying we don't, she's focusing on the behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so normal and saying, no, we do not treat others that way. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a nice thing to do. You're hurting his feelings, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, if you think about it in the, in the freedoms, you're saying, don't feel that. Let's focus on somebody else's feelings that you just hurt. Mm-hmm. And don't say that because, look, that's not how you treat others. So all of those responses, again, are saying, I'm not looking at your experience and helping you better understand that so that you can respond better next time. I'm focusing on the impact that happened on others. The external. The external, mm-hmm. right, kind of gaze and expectation and focus. And that is uh, could also be why she got so angry because think about it, and none of us likes to, to have an oh, issue yeah. and feel <clears throat> upset and then to be told by someone, especially someone we really respect and love, why are you feeling that way? Why would you do that? That's not okay. Look mm-hmm. what you did to that, them. That becomes a little inflammatory to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it just, it, it, it's in the be- with the best of intention, focusing mm-hmm. on, her, on her behavior, it can sometimes <clears throat> undermine, you know, her her sense of, of, of love for herself and understanding for yeah. herself. It kind of bypasses some other skills and awareness she could be building. Right. right. So, but... I just wanted to acknowledge too. This is so this is so embarrassing when our kids do this, and yeah. this happens to us constantly. Where we're just like, "OMG, this is really disappointing. This mm-hmm. is really embarrassing." I want. I, I feel compelled to make them apologize. I feel compelled mm-hmm. to say in front of the other person, uh, "That's not okay. You can't say that." It's just. It's so understandable. Mm-hmm. And I think before we dive into the resist approach, I want to talk about a way that or just generally about how we can in those moments when we're feeling embarrassed about it think about our role through the resist approach as modeling to this new partner or to grandma or to whoever it is that our child is potentially offending that this is not a big deal that this is actually absolutely developmentally natural and normal and i think that it, and, and that we're on it and that we're on it we <laughs> yeah. are on top of it we have a plan for this mm-hmm. and that's why the resist approach feels so good mm-hmm. um is is like okay i've got this i'm actually diving into this and i'm going to show you partner grandma neighbor who is just seriously offended um mm-hmm. What my what my mo hit here is in connecting my child to their inner experience, building those skills and awareness, um, and moving through the challenge so we all feel connected. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I'm just wondering if we have time to go through the resist approach, and I feel like there are a few things that we just want to really dive in and connect with. I really think it's about 
showing her a few really simple things. And these are elements of the resist approach. So we, I would like to, you know, suggest that you go to our website at upbringing.co and check out the resist approach and look at it and apply it to your struggle, this struggle, yeah, it's other just, struggles. It's six steps that spell out resist. It's respect, empathize, sync up, innovate, summarize, and trust. And, and it's not like, oh, you spend 30 seconds on each or no. you spend five minutes on each or whatever it is. It's really just a, a greater awareness of entering into a respectful conversation with our kids through challenge. If you want to hunt and peck a few out, a few like themes out of that, go for it. Sure. I mean, I think that we've talked about some of the themes already. The respect step is saying, let's honor this little person mm-hmm. and their experience for what it is. So we talked about that already. But I think that em- empathize is the biggest thing here is that that kids need connection. They need a sense of mm-hmm. security and attachment from us when they're upset to if they're ever going to understand their feelings and manage their feelings, they have to know that they're safe with their feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest that this woman say, wow, you really wanted him to play with you. I would validate and, and acknowledge, right? And and help connect, right? Mm-hmm. What would you add? Yeah, and I would add, you're feeling like it's it's time for him to go. Mm-hmm. What what was our plan? You know, mm-hmm. if there was a plan, or or why are you feeling like he should he should be taken off right now? Mm-hmm. Was is it time for you to go? Like bring the partner in. So this is just a normal conversation. We're we're sort of not pretending, but acting like the, our daughter said, "I want you to go now." So that our response is, is is disproportionate to what we're actually seeing. And that's what we want. We want to be neutral. We want to be like casual. We want to be curious. Yeah. When we, kids get that blown out of control and that big, we, we want our presence to take them down. So I would, you know, get nearby her, crouch down, focus, give her eye contact and say, okay, you're having some strong feelings. Thanks for sharing that with me, right? We're wanting to calm, help her feel safe with her feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And then next step we want, so the next two steps, I think we really want um, her to have insight in her experience and then empathy about his his experience a little bit. So Mm -hmm. we'd say, wow, so you're feeling frustrated. You wanted him to play with you. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, and then we would maybe say to him, well, but he said no, right? So he said he's he's going to he stay for tired, dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And and help her understand what what he's coming from, and then just let them work out a little bit of a conversation about it. And if she freaks out and is super angry, like she kind of like happened here, I would just say, "Wow, you're you're really upset. Can we? Do you want to come down into my my room and calm down? What what would help your should body pop, to calm should down? We pop into the backyard and get a little bit of fresh air. Mm-hmm. I might give a nod at my partner, like, "Hey, maybe maybe go step out for a few." minutes because mm-hmm. maybe his presence is kind of keeping her agitated mm-hmm. you know it and doesn't he's mean, not sure what to do he's yeah. probably just sitting there being like shit yeah exactly <laughs> you know? so that's sort of our yeah. st- sync, sync up step right <clears throat> and then into the innovation step of 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 putting out some options of trying to get creative a little bit with our curiosity of of what might help to feel better right well and we want this this four-year-old girl ultimately to learn how to say wow i'm not feeling comfortable okay i've identified what's up with me i've identified that why the other person doesn't want to do meet my need for whatever reason okay how can i get that need met can i ask Mm -hmm. him if he'll play with me at after dinner can Mm -hmm. i go find something else to do that would be interesting that's what we're trying to do we're not trying to avoid the struggle we're trying to help our kids move through the struggle Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and the more we can be modeling those things, then this four year old can learn how to be doing these things for herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And all of that proper behavior, that's something we can circle back about later. That's one of your favorite steps in, in the trust step, Kelty, mm-hmm. of resist, of the resist approach, where we talk about it when she's feeling a little more safe and receptive. You know, hey, how's it going? You were really upset. 
with with him today. You you wanted to play with him, and <clears throat> he didn't want to. And then you and then yeah. you yelled at Grandma and me. You mm-hmm. were really feeling feeling upset. You were. Yeah. It seemed like you were uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And just kind of see what what she says, what comes out. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll want to talk about it. Maybe she won't. That's okay too, right? right? Yeah. But I think so much about this is really, it's about our beliefs as parents. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, wow. We're playing the long game here. That's one of our empowerments, that this takes a long time for, for our kids to learn how to treat somebody respectfully with their words. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time for our kids to um, use communi- nonviolent communication strategies. It takes a long time, but they're only going to be able to do that if we do it with them mm-hmm. along the way, and instead that, of punishing them for not knowing how to do it. I know. I think that it's... It's one of my like gut-wrenching realizations in times when I realize that I'm compelled to punish my kids for their developmental ability, current developmental ability. And that's when I realize that it's not that they won't do something, mm-hmm. won't choose nice words, it's that they can't, mm-hmm. right? And so much of this comes back to our self-reg in the moment. How can we regulate ourselves when our kids fly off the handle and are screaming embarrassing things at somebody or at in- us? Instead of the onus being on them to shape up and see how that's not great what they did, how can the onus be on us as the responsible, privileged powerful adults Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to focus my, all of my attention on how I can actually help them lovingly Mm -hmm. build the skills through connection instead of correction. Right. And I think so much, so much of it as we've self-regged is about thinking about in these moments when our kids are really dysregulated and totally flipping out, Mm -hmm. just exuding a tone of this is normal. I understand you. This is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I see you. I got you. Right? And that comes with nodding. Like the second my kid starts flying off the handle, my head starts just bobbing, <laughs> bobbing up and down. Yeah. And it, it's like my primer mm-hmm. to be like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm starting, my, my body language is starting to say yes. Mm-hmm. And it goes against every fiber of our being mm-hmm. to not be showing no mm-hmm. with all of our body language. Because we've all experienced all these feelings. That, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the times I get the most freaked out at the shit my kids do is because I'm basically a child inside in that moment, experiencing it myself mm-hmm. with other authority figures. And it mm-hmm. did not go well, yeah. you know? And so I want to say too, that this is a practice where it's not like we just decide, oh, I'm actually just going to see all of this is amazing. No problem. I'll just be fine. Right. I'll just start nodding like Kelsey uh-huh. said, and it'll be great. <laughs> but this is the practice. Our kids give us so many fucking opportunities mm-hmm. to try this out and to practice and to experiment and to grow up along Alongside them through this mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen in a day just like we're helping shape our kids brains into believing that conflict is something to lean into and to work on the big emotions and hard feelings are something to lean into and work on mm-hmm. we're reprogramming our neural circuitry you know 30 years worth yeah. of of circuitry and that does not happen in a day so i always want to say give yourself grace this is progress over perfection yeah. and also you know. that that our kids and all, all of us, actually, we take out our worst stressors, our biggest feelings, our mm-hmm. biggest discomforts on the people we love the most. It sucks, but it's true. Yay. Chosen and lucky, <laughs> right? We have to we yeah. have to keep thinking that this little girl unleashed in front of you, to your partner, to you and your mom, because she trusts that this is a safe place for her voice to be heard and valued and respected. To exercise her freedoms, basically. Basically. Mm -hmm. And, and, And she has you in her corner. You're there to help her walk through 
all of the feelings. Where's this coming from? Not in a punitive way, but in a like, let's explore this. Okay, this is this is interesting. What what else is going on? Okay, and then you said this to him. How do you think he felt about it? And when our kids are screaming, I hate you, mom, I hate you, grandma, that's the moment that we need to armor up the most to just not take it personally. Mm -hmm. It's not true. And when we show our kids that they're wrong and that they said something that hurt us and that they're choosing terrible words and hurting people's feelings, we make it true. Mm -hmm. And it is not true. And it becomes even more confusing to them. Right. What basically is just saying, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm feeling unsafe, I'm feeling angry, and I don't know how to communicate it or manage it. And right, so when our kids are freaking out, we say, (laughs) you're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling frustrated. You don't know how to communicate it, right? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And I'm building this narrative that you can then follow. I'm doing the footsteps that you're going to put your feet into. Not Mm -hmm. about what not to do, but what to do. Yeah. And we're practicing the inner voice that they'll have. We Mm -hmm. are that voice right now that doesn't say, you can't say that, that hurt this person. It says, what's going on with you? Are you okay? First things first. First things first. Let's check in. Let's st- focus on the internal mm-hmm. before we look at the external, mm-hmm. right? And so many of our live uh, Q&A sessions, we keep coming back to <laughs> yeah. the power of the circle back. We talked right. a little bit about it, but but really, if we can in these moments when our kids are having the big feelings and screaming that they hate us, can we just focus on being a neutral, loving presence that can bring them down to earth? Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about what wh- how someone's feelings might have been hurt, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about um, how we can not throw things and what else we can do to to get exercise in our bodies. Right, but that's not the priority, <clears throat> right? And right. I think that that that's one of our biggest myths is that socialization is primary. You can say this, you can't say this, you can do this, you can't do this, and and what we have to focus on so much is that socialization is secondary. It is not the first thing we should be going for, right? No. It's all about the external. Socialization is. And we want to be focusing on the internal. Right. The self-awareness, the Mm self-understanding, that building and nurturing of the inner wisdom and inner authority. Yeah. We could keep talking about this for a yeah, long time, but um, I'm trying to keep these snappier. Thanks to this person who wrote in, and hopefully this this crazy rant was helpful. Um, what else? How do we wrap this baby up? I don't know. Send us more Q and A's. Yeah, I feel better. I just feel like I like just had some therapy mm-hmm. a little bit um, about uh, some shit that went down me. in my day right? earlier. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, and we would love to hear your thoughts about the episode. Please share what you guys are going through as well, um, mm-hmm. and take take your thoughts and notes and share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, what else? You always talk about the show notes, Kel. Oh, I'll, we'll have some show notes up. You can see them on our website. You can download the Resist Approach, the Freedoms Model. We've got a shop up now. Please check that out. Our Surviving Siblings uh, Guide. Yeah, we've got a guide. We've got some poster mm-hmm. prints and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually thank Alex, your husband, our oh, techie yeah. renaissance dude. He does mm-hmm. all the things for us. Podcast, editing, music, all the things. Um, and Amber Okamura, who does our art. And Mary Schroeder of Making Type, who does all of our lettering. Yes. And lastly, thank you for being here. This is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent, and we're going to make mistakes, lots of them, and that's okay because our growth actually depends on it. And if you're here, you're doing the work. And in fact, you're doing a fucking amazing job, Mm -hmm. and we are so proud of you. And we are right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another, one conversation at a time. So thanks for being here. 
We're all in this together and we're all growing up together. Till next time.